Start my there. favorite uh, saying is when you point the finger, you got three, when you point the index finger to point at mm -hmm. somebody, you got three fingers pointed back at you. So what mm -hmm. that means is that they're over here trying to deflect accountability because they know them they are trash. Like, like they know that they're misogynistic. They know all of this stuff. But instead of like taking accountability for what they have done to, I guess, the black family structure or like, um, just like say black men as a whole, mm -hmm. um, empty fathers, niggas don't want to take care of their kids. Ooh. But I'm the issue because I suck dick. <laughs> in the comfort of my own home, not even everybody else. In the comfort of my own home, which is my business anyway, I'm the destruction of the black family. But you over here not taking care of your kids. Many kids. A lot of them Nick Cannon got 800 baby, mother, baby mothers. Can't be a father to not every one of those kids. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome, 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 welcome to Conversations for the Culture. We're back another week. Um, we are coming out of Black History Month, y'all. We're coming out of Black History Month. We had a really cool uh, Black History Month. Um, I'm here with one of my friends. Monty's here with me uh, to, for today's episode. Talk to me. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Just came from the gym. You know, I had a little pump or whatever. Okay, I feel it. Working out, working out. I live for it. I live for it. Uh, how was your Black History Month? Did you do anything? You know, you did anything special or you just life as usual? Life as usual, just extra black. <laughs> extra black. Yes, 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 yes. I feel that. I feel that. Um, all right. So today's topic is an interesting one, right? It's an interesting topic. Um, we're calling it the Black Gay Agenda, right? The Black Gay Agenda. Um, for anybody out there who's listening, who might not know what that is or who might not have heard it, one, I don't know where you've been because I've heard it a lot. But apparently the Black Gay Agenda is some secret magical agenda that's um, an assault on heterosexuality, I guess, and the quote unquote heteronormative Black family structure. Um, I guess, I don't know, it's a secret society. People light candles and wear hoods and have secret meetings behind closed doors. <laughs> um, I've never been to one of those meetings, have you? Yeah. Oh, you've been to one? <laughs> Yeah, it's called going to a gay bar. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. So the Black Gay Agenda, where do you think this conspiracy, this supposed conspiracy came from? Um, I would say that this conspiracy stems from white supremacy. Mm. And let me, you know, reach into that pocket. Um, I've noticed like when you go into like, I guess like the KKK fucking um, recru uh, recruitment websites or whatever. Um, they speak about like the gay agenda and how like um, queerness is like pretty much demasculizing and demasculizing. What's the word? Emasculating. 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 I'm glad you said that because that's another word we're going to talk about today. So uh, a lot of them 
I feel like a lot of, I guess, conservative Black people mm -hmm. um, adopted that mentality as well as just like um, church culture coming in here, telling people that if you go, if you gay, you're going to hell. So anything outside of heterosexuality uh, is being forced on them and stuff like that. Whew, you unpacked a lot. Just in the first, here, the first minute of the show, we've already packed, <laughs> unpacked a lot. Um, I mean, UPS. <laughs> I love that. Um, but no, I agree with you. Um, a lot of stuff that I see, when it, especially when it comes to a lot of, um, you know, Black people and their treatment of the LGBTQ community, um, they do pull on a lot. They do pull on a lot of um, white supremacist theories and concepts and ideologies. One thing that I've also noticed that I've also like, um, and this might shake the, t I don't know. Shake the tables. All right. This might shake the table too. So <clears throat> I'm no, I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, right? I'm mm -hmm. neither. Um, I just, I go with who I feel aligns with my politics the most, right? Mm -hmm. But one thing that I've noticed is a lot of black people who believe that they're Democrats, right? Are actually conservative. Are actually super conservative and Republicans because they don't believe in abortion. They don't believe in gay marriage. It's a lot of things that like when you really look at it, it's like, oh, they're conservative, especially black people with money. Well, yeah, because black people with money, like they're in a different tax bracket and yeah. conservative your, um, I guess, views aligned with that specific tax bracket, especially like tax breaks and stuff like that. Yeah. That's why like mad, like um, male to black, let me say male celebrities, mad black celebrities was like egging on Trump because it was getting a whole fucking tax break. Yep. They're like, oh, we getting money, we getting money as lit. Meanwhile, this dude is calling us niggas behind our back and pretty much saying every black country is a shithole. <laughs> but it's all about the money though. Yeah. All it's about all about the money, the money though. But yeah, that's something I've noticed. It's like, oh, and then I'm like, are you really a Democrat? Because you really sound like you're, a, you really sound like you're a Republican. And plus, they say they're Democrats just because of the, um, I guess, the notion that comes with being a conservative. Like you're automatically perceived as racist. Right. So that's why I believe that most um, black people identify as Democrat, just you know, to dodge the bullets. I feel that. So I'm pretty sure mad people who were saying, oh, yeah, I'm Democrat, Democrat, probably voting Republican um, behind closed doors. I feel all of that. So where I want to shift this to, right? So when it comes to this black gay agenda, <laughs> the black gay agenda, right? Oh, um, black gay agenda. One thing that I've noticed is a lot of people are saying that it's being forced down our throat. <laughs> And they would, after me saying that, they would probably say pose. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> but it's being forced down their throat. So they're saying in music. So people like Lil Nas X is forcing it down their throat. They're saying that TV shows, like they're like, oh, my God. Um, I actually was in the clubhouse room a couple of weeks ago, and it was the title of the room was, why does every show have to have a black gay character? Or why does it, yeah, does why does every... <laughs> Um, show have to have a black gay character. Um, so we'll unpack that in a minute. But yeah, so the, the 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 notion is that like because of the media, right? Because of the TV shows and because of the music, 
we're going to be raising up a generation of people who turn, quote unquote, turn gay because they saw it on the TV or they heard it on the radio. Why do you think this is and what do you think the biggest fallacy in this thought process of, you know, the media is turning our kids gay? Ooh, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> so um, I think the only reason why I guess people say it's forcing down their throat is because of, I guess, visibility for queer people has been more rampant within the media now. Like, is I want to, is uh, queerness is being normalized. Mm. So with normalization comes more visibility. And that's why we see a lot of like queer characters in shows, movies, TV shows, I already said shows, all of this, all within all, in that spectrum of media. But um, what irks me is that it could it could be a queer character just existing and all of a sudden it's like the gay agenda. I was I remember um what I have two movies in particular. It chapter two, mm -hmm. uh, with the opening scene when the two queer men was killed. I remember yep. I saw that part. Yep. Mad Nick, I remember going on my timeline and mad niggas is like within the first five minutes there's already gay people, da 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 gay agenda this, gay agenda that it's like what they literally got killed. They had two minutes of screen time and they didn't even kiss. I don't even think they kissed. If they did, it was just a little romantic little peck and then they died. And then with uh, a more recent uh, example was with um, Candyman with uh, the gay uh, brother mm -hmm. who the um, protagonist mm -hmm. or the protagonist uh, girlfriend or whatever, niggas had a problem with that. Mind you, they yep. didn't even do anything. They was just existing. They had literally three minutes of screen time throughout the whole hour and 20 minute movie. And niggas want to harp on that talking about some gay agenda. Like, come on. And I just feel like the fallacy is that they think it's being forced onto them because they're seeing, uh, we're getting more visibility. Mm -hmm. And um, if they, if we can have, they want to have a conversation about like, I guess, queer characters being just put in as a diversity piece and not having no like real purpose to the plot or anything like that then mm -hmm. i can understand that like, that's I definitely a conversation that's a separate conversation but it's not <clears throat> they're saying you know what i'm saying so, yeah so i feel like this okay let me let me go a couple of different routes so i do understand no i believe that what we're seeing now is we're seeing representation and visibility as you said that's something that we weren't seeing and if we did see it it was very, like, I look monotone. back Monotone. You said what? I would say it was very monotone. Yeah, like back, or almost caricature, disrespectful. Look at how, like, David Allen Greer and Damon Wayans did um, men on film and men on books. In Who snaps? <laughs> and a twist. Today, I mean... Wayans, Moby there Dick. are queer characters like there are queer people who are like that. You know, what I'm there saying? are. However, it shouldn't be queer people are not a monolith. They are not yes. a monolith. That's not. If there was more dimensions where they had other queer characters who was just like there and not you know being a caricature or a stereotype and not be different. But all we see is queer characters being portrayed as one extreme, either yes. extremely flamboyant or hyper masculine in the closet. Yes, 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 yes. So I get, so I get, so what we're seeing now is we're seeing a bigger representation when I, th which I think is beautiful, right? We see the spectrum of the rainbow. Yes, 
look at that. I love that. Um, <laughs> but I also think that to the second point is I don't want to see members of the LGBTQ community in shows and uh, films just to put them in there, just to say, hey, look, we're diverse, right? We have that um, one drop of rainbow. Yeah, it's like um um Law and Order SVU, right? They caught some flack a couple like last month because Olivia Benson, the lead character, she has a son, right? He's like eight years old, nine years old, whatever it is. He was being like <clears throat> bullied by one of his friend's older brother. They put him in the cage. I know this story sounds crazy. Olivia walks in, she's like, What the hell? Um, <laughs> so she's talking to her son and like, hey, why is he bullying you? This, that, and the other. They left it at that. At the very end, so then in the same episode, they had, which I don't like how they did this, but the same episode, the, the case was about a guy who um a guy, his this boy, this man's nephew was being got molested, right? So they were going through this whole case of this boy's nephew being molested. And then the man um killed the man who uh molested his his nephew, right? Long story short, we found out that the uh, the the uncle ended up touching his girlfriend's son because he said that when his nephew was triggered, I mean, when his nephew was touched, that was triggering to him because he got touched when he was a little boy, right? Long story short, at the very end of the show, after the case is closed, you know, everybody goes their way. Olivia's in the Central Park walking with her son, and then... Um, he says, can I talk to you? But if if I tell you, will we never talk about this again? And she's like, sure, honey. And then um, she's like, yeah, the he said, the reason why the boy is picking on me because I stood up for my friend because my friend told me, because my friend is, um, goes by, their pronouns are they and them, right? Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, that's very brave that she would stand up. And then he was like, yes, I stood up because I'm bisexual myself, mom. <laughs> so for me and then That's she's like, like and then she's like oh my god thank you for sharing that with me okay to me i felt like that was just forced into that to me was like just let's just force this into the stereo i mean into the um storyline just because i feel like his queerness his bisexuality has mm -hmm. nothing really to do with the show at least not yet they haven't ex they haven't explored it and how you explore that with a 10-year-old, I'm not sure how you explore it. Um, we shouldn't. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, in those cases, I can see where certain people be like, ooh, forcing down our throat. But when it comes to just, like, regular life, grown adults, yeah, there should be representation because that's real life. You have people within the LGBTQ community that's who you work with in your family, who live in your apartment complex, who you commute with. So it's not out of the ordinary. What's out of the ordinary, and I'll use this as an example. You remember Friends? How many times did you see Black people or even Latino people, Latinx people on Friends? I didn't see a Black person until, what was it, Gabrielle Union that was on it? Aisha Tyler. I, yeah. They, I get them confused all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so until her, you never saw Black people. That's not a accurate depiction of new york you live in new york yeah that's not actually as soon as you walk down the block there's niggas outside like what you talking about right so it's the same thing to me it's the same thing like we can't have these worlds we can't create these worlds without members of the lgbtq community like it just doesn't 
it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make sense. What I think with that uh Law and Order SVU episode, it was just poor writing because if they wanted yeah. to, if they wanted they needed I feel like they should have had like a quick queer person in there to tell that story. Cause just the way he came out didn't really seem it just sent it seemed very forced. And it just felt like, you know, a straight person was writing it and like, you know, trying to hit some diversity point or whatever or shake the tables. I don't fucking know. Either way, that's just poor writing on their part because there are like there are kids who are very in tune with themselves and know about what they like and don't like and all that stuff. I was one of them. I knew I didn't like girls since I fucking I fucking dipped out of my mother's vagina, like hit that pose for me type shit. You know what I'm saying? So I knew all along that girls was just not for me. And I'm pretty sure there are kids who know that I like boys, I like girls, I like both or I don't care, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? They just don't have the language for it. Mm -hmm. But um, I felt like that's a poor, a poor jab at trying to facilitate that conversation with queerness and kids. So I think that goes to, once again, people are trying to, there's, you know, there's some people who are just doing it just to do it, but then there's people who's trying to tell these stories, but they don't have the range and they don't have the depth to tell these stories. How many like back in the, day, in the workroom? Like how many boom. times like we've seen like shows where like it's supposed to be um it has like mad like black characters, but the black characters don't seem black in a sense. Like they just feel like a white yes. person is coming is yes. like their what they think blackness is. A lot it's of the like, shows in the nineties were like that. Really? A lot of the black shows in the nineties. And then but, you, even yeah. had, you even had like Will Smith um, during the Fresh Prince of Bel Air uh, reunion show. They were talking about there was times within like the the writers would bring them something, and then like they would have to be like, "No, black people don't say this. We gotta ch we have to change this because exactly black so people don't say this. Exactly. So that's why they should have more black people in the in the writing room to write black stories. That's why we need more queer people in the writing room to write queer stories. We need more black queer." emphasis on black queer people in the writing room to write black queer stories. So when it comes to these stories, right? Um, and then we're gonna move on after this. I, I'm loving this conversation right now. I'm loving this conversation. If you are listening right now and you're a member of the Discord, make sure that you guys go ahead and you uh, drop your comments in the Discord, right? Let's have a conversation. If you're not a member of the Discord, what you can do, you can go to our Instagram page, Convos4, that's the number four, the culture, that's Convos for the culture. Uh, hit the link in the bio and you can um, join that Discord. Uh, we have awesome conversations there. Um, we update you on up, you know, upcoming events, all of that. We got a lot coming in this next year. Anyway, Yo. so. What's good? What's good, everybody? I am Micah Butler, the owner of King's Arise Clothing. Yo, we are back and we are back in a major way. Check it out. We provide clothes that speak. All of our pieces speak to the black experience. It is my job to uplift and 
empower the black community by providing clothes that speak. So check it out. I want you to go to the website right now. It's Black History Month, so there's no better time for you to go ahead and support a black-owned business. But not just a black-owned business, but a black-owned business that gives back to the community. Yes, we give back to the community, whether it's feeding programs, whether it's back-to-school events, whether it's just us pouring into the lives of our community here in Chicago, Illinois. We are committed to doing that. So check it out. Stop what you're doing. Go to www.kingsarise.com. That's www.kingsarise.com and tap into what we're doing. Thank you. And we are going back to the show. Anyway, so when it comes to representation, right? Um, should I've seen like a lot of members of the community like complain about uh, one, for instance, um, Insecure, her brother in Insecure, right? Um, mm-hmm. Who was a gay character, however, played by a straight man. Played by a straight man. How do you feel about that? Um, because I personally, because I, I personally don't, mm, I don't know how to how to feel about it. Because I personally don't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Because it's acting, right? Mm-hmm. And because and you, I feel like you can't have it both ways. Um, like I feel like because then, okay, then you can only be deduced to playing gay characters, and yes. that's it. It's funny. Well, I had a conversation about this too. But on, huh? I had a conversation with my friend. Okay, about this, too. this is gonna be good. But on the flip side of things, like members of the trans community, I feel like. They, I feel like they, I feel like members who aren't a part of that community, and maybe this is hypocritical, but I feel like members who aren't a part of the trans community shouldn't Mm -hmm. necessarily be playing trans characters because I feel like there's less roles, there's been less roles for them, Mm -hmm. you know, because of discrimination and all of those things. Not necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say that there's less roles for gay, gay, gay men in acting. Mm-hmm. You see Neil Patrick Harris, although he's white and there's a separate rule for the white gays than there are the mm-hmm. blacks, but Neil Patrick Harris plays straight characters more than he plays you know, member uh, a gay character. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about that? So, um, how can I wrap? How can I? What was I saying? Okay. So, my thing is, is that there. I wouldn't have a problem with um, straight people playing queer characters if mm-hmm. queer char- queer people had more of a footing in the door as far as when it comes to, re- uh, not representation, just like being in acting and stuff like that. If there was just a plethora of queer, ca- queer people eating and stuff, getting, getting the bag and all that, I wouldn't feel a type of way. However, there's a ceiling that you can hit when you're queer there's a ceiling mm-hmm. that you can hit when you're black and queer, and there's a ceiling that you can hit when you're trans, black, black and trans. You know what I'm saying? So even though uh, it's acting and all that stuff, and you can play whoever you want to play and all that stuff, because there's not a, a not a lot of black queer, um, not not a lot of queer actors out there actually eating and getting the bag. I feel a type of way because you're taking 
you're taking up space. This could have been easily for a black queer person who could propel their career to somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? You can play anything else, you know what I'm saying? But since there's not a lot of black queer or just queer people in acting, you know, actually like thriving, you're taking up space in my opinion. And that's why I feel this type of way. However, and the, if everything was perfect and black queer people were just out there, you know, thriving in abundance and all that stuff, catch that in, insecure little tag, I like that. <laughs> thriving in abundance or whatever, I wouldn't have an issue because you're not taking up space. You know what I'm saying? But you're taking up space and that's why it's an issue. I feel that. I respect that. I feel that. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Because um, okay, I, so I feel like if... um. There's gonna be a little reach. People might, you know, feel a type of way, but like, there's mad like people. Um, how? I'm gonna skip this because I can't word it correctly. It's not coming okay. correctly in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> if it comes back to you later, we'll get to it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, don't worry, y'all. Already had COVID. It's not COVID. Um. Okay, so we're, before we move on to the next part of this, um. Do you feel like, okay, so just this whole thought process, right? This whole thought process. Do you think they really believe that, like, because gay people are on TV, that their kids aren't going to inherently become gay? Do you think they really believe that rhetoric? Because the reason why I say that is because growing up, for the longest time, all we saw was depictions of man and woman, man and woman, man and woman, man and woman. Like, you didn't really see gay people on TV. I think the show Noah's Ark was like the one of the first and I love like, that show. Right? Noah's Ark's probably one of the first like shows that we've seen. Oh, okay. Okay. Queer as folk. <laughs> Queer as folk. Okay. Yeah, there was that one. Which one came first? Queer as folk? I think Queer as folk. Okay. And then maybe Will and Grace. <laughs> that was my mom's favorite show too. <laughs> maybe Will and Grace. <laughs> So, um, but if you if you notice, like if on their their you know their mind, their concept, their their thoughts, then there should be no gay people if TV's making people gay because TV should have made everybody straight, right? So, do you think people really believe this, or is it, or is it just a talking point for them? Yes, I absolutely do believe they think that. Wow, I absolutely do believe they think that because. For a long time, they, I mean, even now, they believe that there's like an on and off switch when it comes yes. to being queer. So just off that <coughs> rhetoric alone, they believe that if you're exposed to it too much or um, especially as a child, and I'm gonna get into that part later, that you're going to absorb all of that and want to become it because it's, I guess, the most popping thing or whatever. Like uh, the whole episode with, um, in, the boondocks uh, with, uh, well, Riley. Yes, Riley. <laughs> that is one of my this favorite is, episodes. It's a satire, but they're making yes. fun of the people for that. However, niggas use that as a talking yes. point to emphasize their point on how impressionable kids are. Right. All the time, this episode is talking shit about those people. Yeah, that's what Aaron that was best. He was so good at like dragging people. But like they will, they they believe it, so they're like, "Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah!" And now they're using that as an example. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's crazy because 
I, I remember um so the MTV uh VMAs last year, right? When um <laughs> Lil Nas X pissed everybody off with his performance, um, and when he kissed the boy on stage at the end, right? Mm-hmm. They did the kiss. Everybody was in an uproar about that, right? Everybody was like, Oh my god, forcing this trash down our throats. I had to throw, I had to, I had to turn the TV off, but in that same in that same um award show, and I love both of these girls who I'm about to talk about. Actually, all three of the girls that I'm about to talk about. Chloe was half naked, humping the <laughs> humping the floor, doing a strip tease. Um, then Normani and T Island Taylor had a full on, you know, it's a little bit of girl on girl action. In that the activated my bisexuality. <laughs> my bisexuality. Like they have no stop for those performances. Like, yeah. you, so you're cool with your kids seeing that, but you're not cool with your kids seeing a man kiss another man. So what are your values? And, but then they pretend like they have these like high set values. My thing is, I don't think kids, and this is, I don't think if your kid's like seven, eight years old, they probably shouldn't be watching the VMAs at all. Because in my opinion, it's not for them. Yeah, because it's, it's like rated TV 14. <laughs> yeah. So whether right. it's a man kissing a man, a man kissing a woman, somebody dancing sexy, somebody gyrating on, like whatever it is, that Not shouldn't gyrating. be gyrating. <laughs> gyrating all on this land. Gyrating all on the stage. Like, it shouldn't be, like, for my Rest in peace, Cecily Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what she said, you're gyrating. <laughs> that on is one land. of the greatest... That is one of the greatest scenes. Like, I don't like Tyler Perry movies. And I know that scene was supposed to be super serious. Oh, that scene was a key. <laughs> she said, on this land? On this land? Acting her ass off, but still. <laughs> but what was you saying? Sorry. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. But yeah, it's like, I feel like your your little, your child shouldn't be watching any of that regardless. Your child should be watching the Disney Channel. They should be watching. If your child is playing Grand Theft Auto, you, you'll be all right. Like, right. Like, you'll be absolutely all right. If your child right. is playing Grand Theft Auto and not here shooting strippers, yeah, you'll be all right if he sees two niggas kissing on the TV. Grand Theft Auto, Call of Duty, blowing heads off. Like, they're cool. Mortal Kombat? Like, cool with that. They actually buy the game, but some of them are playing the game with their kids. Yeah. Hello? But then it's like, oh my God, little Nas X is gonna make my child whatever. Your child is gonna be regardless. <laughs> your child, regardless of what you do, your child is going to be what they're gonna be. So also, my thing is, is that if you actually look into media study, there's a lot of like case studies on like I guess the impressionability of kids, mm-hmm. and everything is found is unfounded because you just don't know. You know what I'm saying? So if they want to talk about it, like, read a fucking book. Like, it shows you, like, your thought process, your theory is incorrect. You know they don't read. Let's not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Your wife can't read. I'm just saying, you know a lot of people don't read. A lot of people who are the loudest, they don't read books. If you ask them what's in their book collection, I can show you my book collection. Whether it's business, whether it's race relations, whatever, right? Um, Whether it's politics. I have a pretty large bookshelf, right? You ask a lot of these people who talk the most and got the most smoke for whatever. And this is not when it deals with LGBTQ issues. It's just issues in general, right? It's talking about, they just don't know anything. And then he's like, like, what are you reading? Like, what what books have you read? What literature do you read? They're like, oh, I'll, I'll read The Shade Room. I'll read, neighborhood. I'll read Neighborhood Talk. Oh, I saw 
a video by Dr. Such and Such who we can't check their credential. And Dr. He said <coughs> Shout out to no, not a shout out to Dr. Umar, but I'm glad this is a perfect transition. What do you feel about people like Dr. Umar and your Tariq Nasheeds? <laughs> I don't who's, even know about them. Who's, right? who, who said that the um, LGBTQ, the LGBTQ community are ruining the black family structure and you notice they be saying black so hard when they say they say the black family structure. Sounding like <laughs> a white person. <laughs> and that they are um, you know, just responsible for basically we're responsible for the black family structure going down, I guess. And yeah, let's start there. Let's start. My there. favorite uh saying is when you point the finger, you got three when you point the index finger to point at mm -hmm. somebody you got three fingers pointed back at you so what mm -hmm. that means is that they're over here trying to deflect accountability because they know them they are trash like like they know that they're misogynistic they know all of this stuff but instead of like taking accountability for what they have done to i guess the black family structure or like um just like say black men as a whole mm -hmm. um empty fathers niggas don't want to take care of their kids Ooh. But I'm the issue because I suck dick. <laughs> in the comfort of my own home, not even everybody else. In the comfort of my own home, which is my business anyway, I'm the destruction of the black family. But you over here not taking care of your kids. Many kids. A lot of Nick Cannon got 800 baby mother, baby mothers. Can't be a father to not every one of those kids. Because money, because being a father is not just about money. Because he could definitely he pays. We know that he takes care of them financially. Yeah, he takes care of them, but being an actual like father, an actual father, being present in their lives, um, you can't do that. You can barely do that with three children. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, spreading the and love. Now you can barely do that with three children, children that you actually live with. Yes. So now you don't live with eight of your baby mm -hmm. mothers. You probably live with one, or probably live by yourself and just visit. But you can't be an active father. No. Especially once they hit like teenage years, you got. You got fucking school dances. You got fucking um, get basketball games, football games. If they want to do plays and shit, like you can't like, you're gonna spread yourself thin at all. You can't even spread yourself enough to you know take care of them kids and be an active father in your life. But he's Nick Cannon is I guess looked uh, is high held up to a high pedestal because he's the nigga that made it. And they celebrate him because they say things like he's creating a legacy, right? He's building a what legacy. legacy? <laughs> no like honestly like i can understand like nick cannon he's built he has money he can right generate generate financial wealth for him and his family okay cool whatever but you got niggas that yeah. live on the block that have been pushing fucking eight uh yes. eight on the corner yes since they was fucking 12 and you're not nick cannon yeah now they're 34 years old still doing the same thing spending the block but they talking about i gotta main you can't maintain my legacy because you gay what are you talking about a legacy Woo! People What's are gonna be mad legacy? at this. I think the woke crowd is gonna be mad at this. Another thing the woke crowd says is, you have to put black first. Their biggest beef with the black LGBTQ community is they say that you guys don't put your blackness before your sexuality. I can't put anything before anything because I'm. All of it simultaneously. I'm black simultaneously while being queer, simultaneously while being non-binary, simultaneously while being male presented, presenting. 
I can't hide all of that. As soon as I talk, a fucking just heavy heels fall out of my mouth. So you already know I'm a gay. Like, <laughs> you already know. So this whole like idea that you gotta put yourself, you gotta put your blackness before anything, like, is annoying because literally two years ago, I can't remember her name. She was a black girl from Africa who came and not came. She was in, uh, in I forget where she was protesting at, but she was being followed by this one nigga this entire time and he ultimately killed her. Mind you, she was protesting all of, she was on the front lines being arrested and everything like that. You know what I'm saying? Where was her, her blackness at when, before that nigga took advantage of her and killed her? I'm protesting. I'm getting called a faggot while I'm being protesting. Where was my blackness before me being gay? You pointed it out before anything. Mm -hmm. I We gonna get right back to the conversation, but before we do, I need you to go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash it's Micah B. That's www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash it's Micah B. Check it out. As you know, I'm a content creator, podcaster, TikToker, YouTuber, all of the above. If you want to support the work that I'm doing, if you want to support the content, if you want to donate to the show, if you want to give to the cause, just go to that website and throw a coffee my way, throw a couple of dollars my way and check it out. When you do that, it allows us to grow this show. It allows us to grow our YouTube. It allows us to grow the other platforms so we can continue to give you the best conversations that we can. Speaking of conversations... Let's get back to it. That rhetoric, they use that rhetoric to mask their homophobia in order to justify it. Mm. Because, yeah. If you really think about it, when we talk about activism, when we talk about the fight, right? The fight for, for, for the people who are really on the front lines and have been on the front lines fighting for our Blackness, um, it's been women and it's been queer people if you really think about it it's been james the james baldwin's of the world the angela davis's of the world the um the um oh my goodness i feel so bad i can't even think of his name they're making a movie about him even he was one of dr king's um right hand man right hand man yeah and i can't think of it when i think of his name i'm gonna go i'm gonna bring it up because it's definitely um it's definitely somebody who we need to know. But it's like, these have been the people who have been on the front lines of the movement, right? Mm-hmm. And the same people who they're fighting for are the same people who are like, we don't see you. Um, you don't you don't matter. Um, it's just weird to me. It's really weird to me. I think it's sad. Sad is I correct. I think it's very sad. Because... It, you don't even have to be like a prolific thinker or anything like that. But like most of the people who I've seen that's been fighting the good fight has been black women, mm-hmm. black trans women, black gay men have been mm-hmm. on the front line. Every protest, every every protest, not even dealing with like quote unquote black issues like Black Lives Matter, but like housing crisis. Nothing but black women, black trans women, black gay men, fucking. The whole healthcare situation, nothing but black women and black trans women, black gay men. Every like protest for progression has always been 
I wouldn't say held, but like black women, black trans women and black queer men has always been a part of that. And I feel like due to like um, the community like coddles black men, more specifically cishet black men to the point where they're not, I guess, um, what's the word? Expected to be on the front lines because we're fighting for them in a sense. Because I've noticed that most black liberation movements have been in the idea of the liberation for black straight men. Mm -hmm. And it gives them that cushion to think that everything um, revolves around them and that they don't have to, I guess, put in the work and put in the effort and all that stuff. So that's why we have, we see so many of these niggas asking black queer men, black trans women or anything, what are you doing for the community? Da, 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 like, what the fuck? <coughs> you doing for the community? Oh, <clears throat> there we go. I couldn't think of his name. Bayard Rustin, Bayard Rustin. Um, he was um, he was a gay man, black gay man, um, civil rights activist. He organized. He was the person who organized the uh, march on Washington. So, like, mm -hmm. obviously, everybody's like Dr. King, Dr. King, Dr. King. But like, well, a lot of times, um, there's a lot of great people behind the people who we see. Right, the face of the moment usually isn't the person who's necessarily doing all the groundwork and the legwork. They're just like, hey, hey, Doc. Just show <laughs> up. Yeah, you need to be here at ten o'clock, and then we're gonna get started. So, this is not minimizing Dr. King's. Not at all. Not at all. This is just we're just being realistic. Telling people how it works behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, but he didn't give much shine. So like, I'm kind of happy they're making this movie about him. Um, Coleman Domingo is playing him, who's an That's awesome fine. actor. Um, awesome actor. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just. <sighs> It's weird. It's weird. That's the word that keeps coming to my mind when I have these conversations. It's getting weird. Yeah, it's getting it's really weird. But um, that's where we're at. Um, so recently we saw um rapper Isaiah Rashad, member of TDE, get exposed, <sighs> right? We don't know who yeah. did it, but whoever did it is a trash bucket. Um, and they so they they exposed some pretty personal explicit videos on the internet um of him you know partaking whoever did it is a fat cunt i don't give a fuck like <laughs> why would you do that like come on and <laughs> and people are like oh well he shouldn't have recorded the videos if he didn't want to um be exposed victim blaming victim, victim blaming, blaming right because a lot of y'all got videos in y'all's phone hello yeah so Anyways, um, so yeah, so the thing is this, right? Um, a lot of now he was Isaiah Rashad was never even this is what's weird to me. I see more people talking about him now and how they weren't they're not gonna listen to him anymore. This and they other. probably were never listening to him in the okay, first okay. <laughs> then I ever did um before, like y'all wasn't listening to Isaiah Rashad because if he was, if you were, he would have been a bigger artist than he is. So exactly. like, stop. It's just like when um Chrisette Michelle um performed for Trump, and everybody's like boycott. That was Chrisette. a choice. It was, but what I'm saying it is this: people who was like hashtag boycott her, hashtag boy, like y'all wasn't listening to Jill Scott Light anyways. <laughs> yeah, 
So, so like, let's pretend, let's stop. Like, we got to stop this. But yeah, so everybody's like, oh, I'm not listening to him anymore. Who would have thought that this a rapper who I really F with um, is out here sucking dick? Who would have thought that a rapper I F with is a member of A lot of, of your that, favorite rappers are sucking dick on the low. Like, let's <laughs> keep it a stack. Is a member of the Skittles gang. I'm just like, so my issue is, is that one exposing is trash. Like, don't ever do it. Like, like is even if any, it's like man, there... woman, 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 whoever, whatever it is, mm-hmm. exposing is trash regardless. Like, is there ever a right reason? Because there's members, especially within the community, there's members who feel like there's reasons, justified reasons to expose. I, there's no justifiable reasons. There's some, I can be like, mm, I can see why they exposed you. Okay. But it's still wrong at the end. Like if some, like let's say, if Doctor Umar got exposed for being gay, Sheesh. right? He got caught getting his dick sucked by sucking dick or whatever, whatever, doing something, do some gay nigga butt sex, whatever. If he was to get exposed, morally that's wrong. Principle yeah. that's wrong. However, I was like, okay, I see why they exposed you. I'm not justifying it because it's still wrong. And you still should sue them because that's still wrong regardless because who knows the fucking um, backlash that he would get. That nigga mm-hmm. would probably get death threats. You know what I'm saying? Death threats, mental, mental health, implications on mental health, all of that. But anyway, irregardless, it's never a right, a good or right time to expose anybody. I agree. I agree. But um, with the whole Isaiah Rashad thing, it's just crazy because like I've seen like niggas like going conspiracy theories saying that this was like his initiation into like the Illuminati and how like having sex with men is part of that. And like many rappers have even talked about it. And my thing is like, if you go to a party and you see gay niggas doing shit and someone invites you to it, they probably think you probably one of the girls. That's why. Right. Like it's no, it's nothing deeper than that. Like it's nothing deeper than that. They're trying to see if you down with it too, because a lot of our faves, whether it be rappers, mus- uh, musicians, athletes, athletes, politicians, or anything like that, a lot of them are on the low, and they be going to those parties to get the sucky sucky, so they can do that shit on the low. So if you get invited to that, it is not, it is not no fucking elaborate fucking initiation and whatever, whatever, whatever is that, you know what I'm saying? And it just goes back to what I was saying before as like people are just using anything, gasping it for straws to justify their homophobia. Like it's, come on. Like when you really like say it out loud, does it really make sense? (laughs) Doesn't, does not at all. Um, Like sound it out for me, babes, like, come on. I hope he's okay though, because I know he's dealt. I really do. Even his music, he's talked about you depression, know, suicide, addiction. Yeah. Hope, I'm hoping he doesn't relapse. Yeah, because this is definitely something that can make something. Because people, at the end of the day, people, especially people who grew up in you know religious households or whatever. He's like Muslim, right? Yeah. So people deal so imagine with that exactly. So like, I feel like you let people have their own journey, right? If people don't want to be the poster child for LGBTQ rights, they don't have to be, right? Exactly. And like, we shouldn't shame people for wanting to just like live, right? Now- What if he was bisexual in his circle, you know what I'm saying? Right. And doesn't want anybody else to know, because- If your people know, yes. Like your sexuality should be on a need to know basis at the end of the day. If you're trying to fuck me, that's the only time you need to know what I like. (laughs) 
That's it. So it's just like, I don't know. I think I think it's weird. And people, and then like I saw other people within the community, they're like, well, he should have just been honest about with who about who he was. And it's like it's none say, of your business. People it's play your God. Business. Like people are playing God with these people's lives right now. Like talking about you should be honest. Who are you? It's none of your Who business. Who are you to even have that information? He's not fucking you, so why do you need to know? I think it's, but I think that goes back to celebrity culture as a whole. Um, it was everything recently, is sensationalized. Yes, a little while back, uh, probably like last week, we saw that um, they they announced that uh, Kiki Wyatt was having her twelfth kid, right? And wow, <laughs> which it's a lot, it's a lot. But then people are like in her comments, like this is why your career isn't what it should have been because all you do is have kids. People are like, why are you having more babies? Because one, she has the money to do so, and she probably she has the them. to. Yeah, she can afford them. That's what she wants to do. And at the end of the day, it's none of your business. I think that's what people don't realize. It's none of your business. I mean, I'm, how can she mother? Like, how can she be like an act effective like parent to all twelve children? Spread the love evenly. Like, I'm just thinking right. about that. That's interesting. Anyway, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people think they're like exposing something or they think that they're, I don't know. It's something really to talk about. Yeah. They'll and scream. As a culture, like, people love to talk, whether it be yeah. about any year. Like, I, I hate when people say they don't like to gossip because everybody likes to gossip. Everybody, everybody likes to gossip. gossip. If you yeah. over here, if you follow the shade room, yes. the, I, I blocked them or neighborhood talk or gossip or any of the, chatter the chatterbox fucking um gossip blogs or whatever if you follow them if you post any of this shit you like the gossip you may not be <laughs> overindulgent like other people some people are but everyone likes the gossip everybody likes to have the tea and all that stuff right yeah i just think we gotta let people everybody has their or own journey right you have your journey mm-hmm. i have my journey everybody listening has their own journey and you gotta let people just be you know, figure figure life out. And that's just not sexuality. That's anything. Let people figure out what do they want to do with their lives, right? Um, especially because, like, growing up, like, our parents, whether we love them or don't love them, right, whether they were good or bad, everybody's parents pretty much, they try to shape us into what they wanted us to be. Mm-hmm. So we're unlearning that and trying to figure out who we are. Right, <laughs> right. Um, and a lot of times, and, and I have finding yourself is a never-ending journey. You're never, never going to hundred percent know this because every other day you're finding something new about like, oh, I didn't know I like this, or oh, I didn't right. know this, or whatever. It may be something small, as maybe you find out that you like Nutella or something big, like, oh my god, I think I'm non-binary. Right. You know what I'm saying like there's levels to this shit. And it's just like being able to articulate it. So for the longest, like being able to articulate it too, like you don't always even know what to articulate, right? Because and then it's that whole it's that whole learning and that whole unlearning process. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just big on not not boxing people in. I'm big on not labeling people. I'm big on not forcing people to. Hey guys, I, one I feel like people shouldn't have to quote unquote come out. Yeah. That's it's weird. a social construct that's used to like I don't even know what coming out is like. It's I get the sense I guess of it, like, like now within this within this culture with like you know queerness being so heavily scrutinized, I can understand like wanting to 
affirm your presence, whether it be as a gay man, a trans woman, a non-binary like owning your power. Person. Owning your power in this system. I understand that part. But as far as like in a perfect world, no one's coming out. Because it's just like, okay, he likes he likes boys or she likes girls or they like oh, girls. Okay, you're trans. Okay, cool. Right. Like that's all of the stuff like in the grand scheme of thing is superfluous and just will get lost in the fodder because it's it makes no sense. It doesn't it's it's nobody's business, like we said mm -hmm. before, and it should be treated as nobody's business. Like Because after the announcement, right? What's next? What's next? Are you gonna treat me different? Right. Right. Now if you treat me different, that's a testament of you as opposed to me. Right. Because I'm I'm the same person, right? That I was before you knew. That's what I don't understand when people come out and then people are like, oh my God, I can't believe this. I don't know how to feel, blah, 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 blah. Because literally you're the same as that person you were. Okay, what about this statement? I don't agree with that lifestyle. However, you're my brother, you're my son, you're my daughter, you're my cousin, you're my friend. So I love you regardless. I have two feelings about this. <laughs> so when it comes to this like whole like I accept or like I it pretty much feels like they're saying, Well, I'm allowing you to be gay in my presence. That's pretty much what it feels like. And it feels like it feels very degrading to me when someone's like, Oh, I accept you for who you are and da 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 when it comes to something as so simple as me liking guys, you know? It feels like there's like a power dynamic that's being placed and you're like putting lenience like i don't normally accept this or whatever so i since you're my brother or since you're my friend or a colleague whatever i'll accept you because you're cool you're not like all the other people or whatever whatever <laughs> you're not like all what i'm hearing is you're not like the other blacks you're a good black same concept yeah. okay but then like it feels like <clears throat> i don't want your acceptance i don't want to be accepted on conditions or anything like that i just need your respect that's it. That's, at the end of the day, respect me like a human being. Respect me like you didn't know who I was sleeping with before. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, it's none of your business. And I'm going to keep saying that. Like, it's none of your business. <clears throat> I want the respect. I don't need your acceptance. I need the respect. I want to be able to walk down the street and not get called a faggot because I want to wear a fancy highlight. I want to be able to not be called a batiman because I want to fucking dance up on my boyfriend in the club. Are people still using that? Oh, yeah. I'm... I'm, I live in New York. Like, there's mad Caribbean people. Like, as soon as you, I walk out down the street, about people, I'm like, yeah, oh that's God. me. <laughs> I didn't, I've heard that before, but I didn't know people were still like, if you're, if you're not living in a Caribbean as right. kind of like neighborhood or like unit, you're not going to hear it. Okay. Because that's solely like a Caribbean term. Right. But like, yeah, like this whole like, and the whole like, oh, I accept you and that da because you're my brother. Like you should accept, you should respect me as well as all the other LGBT crew. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the representative. There's no representative like that of that. But you should give them the same respect, not just because, not because you should give them the same respect mm -hmm. that you give me because that's just the right thing to do. Yeah. We, we got to respect human beings. In yeah, general. we're human beings at the end of the day. Respect my humanity. That's right. it. Like, the whole, like, 
when Dr. Umar asked, like, was like made this like public service like question to like queer people, most specifically black people, like, what is your agenda? What is this? What is this? Like, our agenda is I want to be able to walk down the block holding my boyfriend's hand and not worry about my safety. Mm. I want to be able to go to the club. I want to be able to be myself 24 seven. I don't want to have to code switch. I don't want to have to fucking, um, since I'm going to a straight club, I got to act dress more masculine so I won't get pressed. You know what I'm saying? Or, or the barber shop. You want to make sure want, that you- Well, I go to a queer barber shop, but you know, I don't want to have to just go to queer safe spaces. I want to be safe everywhere. Not just mm -hmm. have to go to my specific safe spaces to feel safe and feel like myself. That's my agenda. That's literally it. I don't know where you guys are getting this whole like uh, gay people are trying to turn everyone gay when all of us when all we <clears> want to do is just be seen as human. We want you guys to see the humanity in us and not just see us for our sexual orientation or for our gender expression or anything like that. Because at the end of the day, we bleed. I bleed just like you bleed. I shit like you, you shit. Like, you, you don't bleed in like, rainbows? Just... Huh? <laughs> you don't bleed in rainbows? Sometimes. <laughs> Only on pride. <laughs> exactly. That's the point. It's like, there's no difference. And it's There's just... no difference between you and I outside of the fact <clears throat> of my lived experience and the fact that I like men and maybe women sometimes. I don't know. Like, I like what I like. That's the only difference. And either way, that's not really a difference because it has nothing to pertain to you anyway. It shouldn't be a factor in your psyche. It, it shouldn't be a fact. My sexuality should not be in your mind unless if you're trying to fuck me. And that's just how I feel. Like, right. Because when straight people interact, you don't, they're not thinking about, oh, is he, is she into guys? Da, da, da. Like, come on. Like, when they interact, sexuality outside of like, the body of like actual having sex is not really in their mind. Niggas don't be thinking. thinking who, niggas, niggas not thinking the about man that. Who's in this so, relationship? Who's the women? Like that like, weird. So I'm walking down the block and you see the Giuseppe fall out my mouth. Now you come into question because are you gay? Da, da, da. Like, why is it like, why does it matter? You know what I'm saying? I could be straight and just be a feminine man. And now you just insulted me because you assume that I'm gay. You know what I'm saying? Even though it should not be an insult. Right. Or even you could be the most masculine man and Exactly. And still be. Gay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Taking dick on the like taking dick like a champ. You feel me? Like, come on. Like there's no like it's just annoying. What would you say to a young listener, we're going to do a couple of things before we get out of here. What would you say to a young listener <clears throat> listening and feeling like they're not accepted and they can't be their true authentic self because they hear the rhetoric like <clears throat> the black gay agenda is ruining our <laughs> ruining our race and ruining our cultures and ruining our families. Would you what would you say to that young listener? Um, I'm gonna be real, like honestly, fuck them. Mm -hmm. Live your life. You only you you're only allowed one life in this life at all. Like you come out your mother's vagina or your parent your parents' vagina, because you know, not just women give birth. You come out their vagina and boom, you're here. You live alone. Not you live alone. You come out this world alone and you go out this world alone. Like so you might as well just live to your fullest potential, live to who you think you should be and all that stuff. However, I do believe 
and code switching and stuff like that for survival because mm -hmm. not everywhere is going to be a safe space so evaluate your safe space if you have the strength to live out do that however if you want to be reclusive that's okay too as long as you're not being deceptive to the people that you're you know sexually engaged with or whatever and that's the only people you have to worry about is the people you're <clears throat> and this is this is i feel like there's a difference so let's say a bisexual man mm -hmm. is openly bisexual i feel like he shouldn't ha have to you know tell the person that he's bisexual in a sense unless it's like it's a conversation because there's no difference between him fucking niggas and him uh him fucking women in my opinion no because then what you there's do no is you get into the 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 very dangerous rhetoric of the reason why it's an issue is because there's this thought process of gay equals um, HIV and AIDS and death. Yes. And that's not the truth, especially with this new study that's saying that straight people have, are carrying HIV more than gay men. But they're blaming DL gay men for that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, it's like I said before, your sexuality is no one's business unless it's asked by the person that you're fucking. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, I feel like since I'm, I guess, gay presenting, whatever, I'm low-key interested in women. I feel like I shouldn't have to tell every gay man that I have sex with or have sex with that I'm interested in women. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's not a factor in our, you know, thing. You know what I'm saying? However, if we want to talk about sexual health and, you know, sexual partners and your status and stuff like that, then that conversation should come up. Like right. I'm interested in both men and women, or I'm interested in women, or I'm interested in just men, or whatever, whatever. And here's my sexual status and all that stuff. But people don't have that conversation. No. You know, so then that's why you have so many people feel like they're being bamboozled because, oh, I didn't know he was bisexual. He bamboozled me. No, he didn't. You didn't fucking ask. <laughs> you didn't have the fucking grown-up conversation of what do you like, what are you into. And I nowadays, that's the conversation. Now you look like an ass because you fucking assumed. Yeah. And that's the thing. People don't have those conversations because you can't assume and you can't assume nothing in 2022. Now, if you're lying, saying you're not interested in niggas and you fuck yeah. niggas on the low, that's an issue. Right. That's a trash. Yeah, that's that's, that's an issue. That's when we have then there's a conversation to be had for sure. Because if you're lying about fucking niggas and you're lying about everything in my ass, in my opinion, if you're lying about taking dick or sucking dick, like, it's 2022, like, Live but truth. once again, people do lie because we gotta leave space and room for the reason why a lot of people lie is because of the backlash, because of what society will say or think, because mm -hmm. you know they they feel like they're all. That's why it's like such a slippery slope because I yeah. I feel like yes, you should you shouldn't have to, but at the end of the day, you should. Like it's so if we just have to destigmatize all of this. Mm -hmm. So people can just flourish and have these conversations and be truthful to themselves and to the people that they're involved with. Facts. We need more conversation. At the end of the day, we need more <clears throat> conversation. Need the conversation because even after me and you can have a conversation, like talking to telling like we're doing now mm -hmm. and niggas will watch this whole hour podcast, listen to it and then not retain anything. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So it's a matter of the onus on the people person and seeing the humanity in person and give them the space to be honest. You know what I'm saying? That's the issue. Do you think so it's a lost cause? Being this huh? Do you think it's a lost cause? Yeah. 
I think that we go, we will get to a place where it won't be as abrasive. Mm-hmm. I definitely believe that like we'll get to a place where homophobia will be a little bit more muted as well. But like same with like racism, like we've been dealing with this racist racist bullshit for like the past six hundred years. You know what I'm saying? And granted, it's gotten a lot better compared to back in the day. We're still behind the power curve, you know what I'm saying? Same thing with homophobia. Like, niggas been gay since the term, the, the beginning of time. You know what I'm saying? Facts. Facts. But now it's an issue. Well, I think this was good. I had fun. I had fun, too. Definitely going to have to have you... Uh... Definitely gonna have to have you back on the show. Yeah, definitely gonna have you back on the show. I need to be. I need to. I need to make it out there to New York. I miss New York, and it's been forever. It's been like, Call, come for Fall Fashion Week in September. That's the plan. I'm planning on coming for Fall Fashion Week. I might be there before then because I got a client that I just booked. Um, and I'm gonna be working with them. Um, mm-hmm. it's a model. But yeah, Fall Fashion Week, I'm definitely making a plan to come out there. Probably do a couple of shows too. Getting back on my getting back on my ish. Because I think the last time I was in New York was February Fashion Week. The winter fashion week in February of 2019. Mm. Cause I was gonna do September. No, was it 2019 or was it I might have done 2020? Was it 2020 right before COVID hit? Yeah, it was right. No, no, no. So I did fall. That's what it was. I did fall 2019. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was going to come to February 2020. Um, and that's when Kovisha was like, ah. Yo. No, was it like that? No, I did do February. That's what it was. I did February 2020. That was my last one. And then I was going to do fall. That's what it was. I was going to do fall, but obviously fall was like online. Yeah. Because like you said, Kovisha came in there, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely gotta get up to New York. I miss it. I might do a little cute summer trip too. Oh yes, definitely. Because I've yeah, never been during, I've never been during this. I've been in fall. I've been winter. I've never been during the summer. Yeah, New York in the summer is lit. It's mad shit to do. I want to see what these Harlem summers is like. <laughs> Harlem summers is lit. Is lit. They be having like people like playing bands like outside, like me and my See, boyfriend. Yeah, that's the vibe I need. And it was like this, they had like jazz musicians outside on the stoop on some brownstone, just like performing their asses off, just singing, freestyling half the time, and all this stuff. It was a good time. They were selling thotties outside. Thotties is a canned drink. Like, let's just thotties is like those um four local margaritas or okay. the um any of those type of drinks, that's what we call a thotty. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. I need to make it up there. I used to come up for uh, Afropunk all the time, but... Oh, they're bringing it back this year. I don't know how I feel about Afropunk anymore. You feel it's whitewashed? Very white, Very whitewashed. And then, like, um, they really turned me off a couple years back where they kicked them black people out but let the white people stay in. Who? Oh, yeah, the happened. people that were protesting Afropunk, right? Yes. Well, I'm, I'm not going to lie. If you're protesting my establishment, I'm definitely going to kick you out. But they were protesting because this is a hot take, and hopefully nobody can't. I feel like we can't have anything anymore. Afro yeah, definitely. That's definitely, that's definitely a thing. 
And I'll never forget sitting there, <laughs> night one, Afropunk 2018, maybe it was, and listening to Solange singing Don't Touch My Hair, looking to my right. I can't make stuff up like this. Looking to my right and singing, seeing a white woman with locks singing along with Solange, Don't Touch My Hair. At Afropunk. And I was like, this can't be real. This can't be real life. What is this? This can't be real life. The jokes write themselves. The jokes write themselves. So I understand. That's all I'm going to say. I get you now, you know, don't don't protest my establishment in my establishment. So I get that. But it was just, I feel like Afropunk has lost what it was meant to be. It's white and become. I feel like once they did sell out to a point, mm-hmm. but like at the end of the day, you can't stop these white people from coming into our spaces. Like I, you can't, you. No, we can't say black only. only. Yeah, you can't say black only, especially within this like, because they're gonna be like, oh my god, Jim Crow segregation, ah, yeah. ah, making complete fallacies, and it's gonna be a whole entire thing and all yeah. that stuff. So you can't technically say black only. So like, it's just. I don't even know how to do, I don't even know how to like, you know, cause you being Afropunk, a black space catered to only black people. How do you say, what, no, how do you say blacks only without saying blacks only? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I would think they would know that. I mean, this is on white people. I think they would know that simply, if you follow Afropunk, I would assume you would know. I maybe- mean, I mean, look at the thing with uh, Nicki Minaj and TikTok, like how like, for Black History Month, Nicki Minaj did a whole Zoom with uh, supposed to be Black content creators. Three quarters of the content creators that were in there were white, talking, taking up a space, and all that stuff. Mind you, this was only supposed to be Black History Month for Black creators so they can meet Nicki, network, and all of that. You know what I'm saying? That's what it was supposed to be. Right. However, three quarters of the inv- inv- invitees were white or non-black, taking up space and all of that. They knew it was supposed to be for Black History Month. You know what I'm saying? So they saw it as an opportunity to meet Nicki Minaj and they just, you know, submit their application. As well as like TikTok was actually sending out invitations to people in order to stay relevant. They just had a bunch of like big name white influencers just to carry the name of TikTok or something. Well, we know TikTok, how they treat us. We know how TikTok treats black creators in general. You have Nicki Minaj, a fucking household name, a household name, a person who's been a household name for damn near a decade and a half. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? She doesn't need white influencers to come and garnish some fucking buzz. Her name brings a buzz in the right. first place. So why why are you doing this? You know what I'm saying? So it just goes to show how people really feel about black people, as well as like non-black people and white people taking up space like it goes to even like dating apps like the black dating app and how like when you go on it it's literally nothing but white and non-black people trying to find black dick like come on you you can't you can't make any space for just black black people because everyone else is going to come to it because we got the sauce honestly we got the juice we got the magic we're the blueprint we're everything so they're going to come and you know take from it and bask in it and all that stuff and take it to their spaces and create something else 
with our blueprint and profit off of that. Boom. There you have it. There you have it. It's so true. And that's consumerism 101. Consumerism 101. <laughs> but I appreciate you. Definitely going to have to get you back on the show. Um, let the Absolutely. people know. Where can they find you? Oh, so you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter. My Instagram is o.mani, which is O-H dot M-A-N-I. That is me. And on Twitter, you can follow me at Damani, Iman, Damani underscore Iman, which is D-A-M-A-N-I underscore I-M-A-N. And that is me. You can follow me, tweet me, anything like that. I'll respond. That's such a supermodel name, Damani what? Iman. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> or like a clothing line. Um, a There's fragrance. a clothing line called Damiani. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Or if you came out with your own fragrance, Damani Iman, what are you wearing? Oh, this is Damani Iman. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing some stuff out there, you know. Oh, I already know. That's my that's a, that's my trademark. Oh, so it's already trademarked. It's not trademarked yet, but it's still my fucking name. Yeah, yes. but um, you could do something like super dope with that. Something really luxe. I'm seeing yeah. like I'm feeling like black luxury. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. It's giving Erica Badu, but amplified with luxury. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. But no, I appreciate you coming by, and um. Thanks to everybody who have listened. Make sure that you weigh in on Instagram. Make sure that you weigh in on the Discord. And I will see you next time on Conversations for the Culture. Y'all be Bye. Easy. Have a safe life. <laughs>